0: Hello and welcome to The Tillage Edge with me, Kieran Collins. This is the weekly podcast for all your tillage news and advice. In this episode, I'll be discussing potato desiccation with Shay Phelan, Chagas potato specialist. And I first asked Shay, what are potato crops like this year?
1: Similar to every other crop, Kieran, I mean, there's been, they've had issues this year, given the season that we've had. Um, if we start at the beginning, um, a lot of the crop was planted in good conditions and very early. Um, and in some cases, farmers finished planting earlier than they had ever done before. So they went in in ideal conditions in late March and into April. Um, then, of course, um, in may we it often happens when you get plant, crop planted early we had a, a we had a late frost which certainly set the crop back about two to three weeks and then in the northern half of the country um, we were all hit by by drought so it actually uh, set the crop back even more um, and While some guys had access to to, um, to irrigation more didn't um, and what that's led to is you know some scab issues out there common scab issues uh, and also probably in a lot of cases a reduction in tuber numbers so there's been those issues have come through the season all the way through um, and what else, what's also noticeable out there actually uh, in quite a lot of crops and just talking to guys in the last week there's quite a lot of legs starting to affect crops now um it had been there all all season at low levels but with the wet weather we've had in the last couple of weeks it's certainly starting to become an issue and that's going to become an issue and we'll talk about maybe later on when we come to desiccation um And uh, finally, I suppose in the last week or so, I'm hearing a lot of blight issues coming uh, in different crops as well. So, you know, while um, it has been a relatively good growing season, it hasn't been without its issues.
0: Okay, so similar to like a lot of cereals, I suppose, shale location kind of dictated uh, what happened in the crop. Yeah, Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and, And again, the crops further north where there's a lack of moisture seem to have suffered worse than the crops further south.
0: Okay. So I suppose that at this time of year, a lot of farmers obviously are looking to to burn off crops. So what should growers be, be looking at at this
1: stage? Yeah, well, before uh, before the the start to desiccate crops, I mean, they have to make sure that the crop is ready to be burned burned off. Um, so that that's that looks. You have to look at a couple of different issues here. So from the point of view of first thing, for most varieties, for most table of varieties here, we want high dry matter potatoes. So uh, we have to make sure that our dry matters are good. Uh, and you know, guys, while most guys are aware. Not everybody's aware that when you burn them off with chemical destruction, you normally lose about 1% in dry matter. So if you start at 20%, you'll probably end up at 19% by the time it comes to harvest. So most farmers want dry matters that are probably 21 22%. So you need to start maybe a, a percent or half a percent above where you want it to be to get the desired dry matter come harvest time. The other big issue that guys need to have a look at as well, uh, and especially in the salad crops and in the the seed crops, is tuber size. Um, And this can be, this is a little bit trickier now than it used to be. Um, So we need to have a look and see where our desired tuber size is going to be, whether that's 45, 55 mil or something like that. And you need to try and figure out or calculate What's the maximum fraction of your tubers that are going to be in that in that in that zone, uh, maybe 40 to 50 mil or whatever it is? So you need to figure out what size tubers or what yield of tubers are going to be in that zone and maximize those again with slower desiccations than we would have had access to maybe before. That's going to be a little bit trickier. And the third thing that we need to have a look at um, is that. Uh, There is quite a lot of disease out there, so we need to be able to make sure that that disease is not going to spread. And as I mentioned, blackleg is an issue out there, Um, so that has an impact when it comes to desiccating the crop.
0: Okay, so there's clearly a lot of things to um, to think about before you you take the decision to actually burn off. So, Shea, what um, options are there for growers at the moment in terms of of, um, of burning off?
1: Well, uh, the the two two main options that guys have are. Hollum destruction, which is going in with a flail and flailing the, the, the stems off the crop. And you also have your chemical destruction, your, your, your Spotlight Plus and your Gozai options there. Um, again, when you are doing it, they, they work slightly, well, they work completely differently in, in, in a way. If you're going into to flail a crop, a flail will take off uh, most of the hollum off the crop. So you leave about eight inches of hollum. Uh, at the top of the uh, top of the drill, uh, and that pretty much stops the crop dead in its tracks. So the crop stops bulking, stops doing, you know, stops growing, and it stops pretty quickly. Uh, you then come in with a chemical desiccant, the likes of Spotlight Plus, and you spray it on on to heal the wounds that are left behind by the flail, and you also put on a, a blight spray as well, just to keep blight at bay. The other option then that that guys have are chemical chemical destruction. So the two options that we have here at the moment are um, Spotlight Plus, which was available last year, and Gozai, which is new this year. Uh, we didn't have access to it last year, but it works pretty much in the same way as um, as, as Spotlight does. Uh, and unfortunately, I suppose what most growers are worried about at the moment is the speed of desiccation from them. Um, Whereas flailing is pretty immediate, although it's expensive to do and it's slow to do, and given the ground conditions at the moment, most crops are not suitable for flailing. Um, chemical destruction is going to be the way that guys are going to have to do it, but the, it is going to take time. Um, both Gauzy and and uh, Spotlight they take three to four weeks for full desiccation. They're stem desiccants primarily, they're not uh, leaf desiccants. Um, So we're gonna have to just take our time with those and, and, and adjust our harvest heads accordingly.
0: Okay. Okay. So it, it looks like it'll chemical destri- uh, desiccation is going to be what what farmers are going to have to use at this stage. I suppose given the, the weather conditions at the moment, and it'll be quite difficult for flailing. I'd imagine if 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 conditions are are wet.
1: Yes. Exactly. Okay. You
0: know. So I suppose the, the the big one really in this context is the the loss of Diaquat. Um So overall, we'll say, what impact do you think that will have on desiccation strategies?
1: Um... As you say, like DICOT is 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 um, a big loss to the industry, or would be a big is it is a big loss to the industry when it comes to this end of the, end of the season. Um, it was very good um, at stopping the crop, so it was pretty good on leaf destruction. So basically, what it did was it desiccated the leaves, uh, and the stem started to die. Then after that, whereas the PPOs that we have, the Gozai and the Spotlight Plus, are primarily stem desiccants, and they work on the stems first, and then the leaves die afterwards so that leaves uh that leaves the crop open for quite a bit of time to diseases like blight likes of blacklight to spread in the crop so from that point of view um they are much slower the crop continues to grow and like i was mentioning earlier on about say the likes of tuber size your crop will still bulk a little bit after being pl- after getting an application of spotlight and gozi whereas generally with dike this to stop growing and, and and died fairly quickly
0: Okay, so given that we're we're pretty much down to Gozai and and Spotlight Plus, like, what advice would you give to farmers in terms of to get that best burndown? Maybe tank mixes or time of the day or weather conditions or day factors.
1: They are indeed, yeah. Um, first thing is timing, and and timing is critical on this. Um, gozi, both Gozai and Spotlight, like I said, they're PPO inhibitors, so they work on stems, um, and they work best when the crop is starting starting to naturally senesce anyway. So that's why we kind of struggle with, say, like the likes of seed crops or salad crops, because those crops are growing very strong when you want to take them down because the tubers are quite small. But for main crop varieties, like Rooster or Curse Pink or Marquise or any of those, they work better in that scenario because you're waiting to get the crop near to maturity and once the crop gets to maturity then the leaves start to die back so you, they work best at that time so if you can time it that the crop is starting to naturally senesce, that you'll get better activity other things that guys should be looking at uh, are the time of day that you apply it so from the point of view of desiccating the leaves and getting maximum effect on the leaves um both goes and spotlight work best in bright sunny conditions when the uv light is at its most intense and that generally occurs in the middle of the day so you're talking somewhere from about 11 o'clock in the day till about 11 o'clock in the morning till about three o'clock in the afternoon that's your best timing for getting this stuff on in bright sunny conditions not that's not to say that these products won't work in dull conditions late in the evening or early in the morning yes they will but they'll be much much slower um, so if we're trying to get the maximum from these products and getting the crop to die back as quickly as you possibly can, we should be doing it uh, in those in, at that time of the day and obviously in as dry conditions as you can possibly get on. The other thing we need to do in order to get the the best activity out of them is keep water volumes up. So you're looking at you know probably. Up to 400 liters a hectare to try and get as maximum coverage as you can down to the base of those uh, canopies because some of those canopies like especially likes of caroush pink are very very big canopies and tend to be tall so you need to be able to get the application down to the base of those um, canopies as you possibly can and um, the other thing is you're you're looking at a two spray strategy for for or uh, maybe even a three st- three spray strategy for these products so you could be looking at uh, going in and opening the crop with a spotlight in day one coming in after seven days going, coming in with an application of gozai and maybe a third application of spotlight then um, after that and you know obviously you have to you have to watch out for your maximum total doses as well um, and harvest intervals spotlight has a seven day harvest interval and gozai has a 14 day harvest interval so it's not just as straightforward as it used to be there's a lot more for guys to think about now and, and how to do it the beauty of Dicot years ago was that it it pretty much didn't matter what crop you were going into, it, it it desiccated everything. Whereas these are much more particular in how they work.
0: Okay. And just that you mentioned how particular that they work, Shay, is there any advantage in maybe the likes of an adjuvant or anything that we can use to to aid these products?
1: Yeah, again, this is, I'm, I'm kind of looking at a little bit at this at the moment, and AHDB have done uh, some trials in the last two years on this. Um, some guys are looking at likes of trace elements, particularly like of copper, um, zinc, um, uh, boron, and molybdenum, uh, which, you know, at high levels are toxic to the plant anyway. Now, again, you just need to be careful of those. Are they going to have any effect on... Um, on on the tubers, so you know, tuber quality is everything, so you don't want anything that's going to affect those. Other guys are using likes of adjuvants, stickers, wetters, penetrants that are going to stick the the, the, the desiccant to the leaves to try and, you know, scorch those leaves uh, as best they possibly can. Kind of the opposite to what we want to do with a crop during the middle of the season. You don't want to scorch them this time of year. They are looking to see if they can be a little bit harsher on, on, the, on, the, on the leaves. Um, then there are other options, I suppose, that guys are trialing. On, um, I know certainly in the UK, they're using salts, so like of uh, sodium chloride uh, in solutions. But you're looking at huge volumes of uh, active ingredient there. You're looking at applying maybe 1,000 or 1,100 litres per hectare. Uh, onto a crop uh, with specialised equipment because this these 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 salts are, are are tough on working parts of of sprayers. So there are guys looking at these things. There's really nothing out there to say that anything is going to um, add, be a huge addition to the to the to the um, products that are there already if if they're applied in time.
0: Okay, very good. Thanks, Shea. Um I suppose the other one then is, I, I'm looking out the window here, and I can see, you know, for the last week, it's been quite humid and wet. I suppose typical blighty conditions, really. And given that the likes of Spotlight and Gozai are, as you said already, are much slower acting than diacquat would have been, is there any implications there in terms of blight control or do we need to do differently?
1: Yeah, um, again, uh, as you mentioned, they are slower. So... Uh, In my experience, you're probably talking um, that the crop is going to be live for an extra two, maybe even three weeks, depending on the variety. So in that case... Uh, you still have to protect the crop and the leaves that are there, okay? Uh, and especially crops that are going to long-term storage. So if you have a crop that you're going to store till next March, April, May, or whatever it is, you have to be sure that there's no blight or zoospores falling down onto the tubers and infecting the tubers. So from that point of view, you you need a pretty robust uh, blight control strategy. Um, for the next couple of weeks, uh, and bearing in mind that we're well, we're not sure if we have this thirty-seven A two strain of blight which is resistant to fluazinam that we find in Sherland and Valley in those products, and um, we do need to be cognizant of that as well. That we have to use alternative chemistry to fluazinam, maybe like saranman top or infinite or even zarvek, uh, but again. The other issue that comes with that is that we have to make sure that we don't exceed our maximum number of applications for these products, you know, so those extra two applications could push us up towards the limits of what we're allowed to to apply with, with the different uh, fungicides.
0: Okay. And I suppose maybe, looking to the future a little bit like is there anything that you know given that you said there that those desiccants work best on crops that are starting to die is there anything that we should do agronomy wise maybe in the future that might maybe stagger the harvest or, or anything like that that growers maybe could watch out for
1: yeah it's it's a good point Kieran, because um like we said earlier on with Dyquad, quad was pretty much good pretty good at at shutting a crop down whereas these these products that we have available now don't work that way so from the point of view of uh, our desiccation strategy and harvest strategy going forward basically what we have to do is we have to look at uh, managing our crop come harvest time a little bit differently so from that point of view what guys should be looking at is maybe trying to uh, allocate a proportion of their harvest maybe Three, four, five days digging at the beginning of October, and handle that crop slightly differently than you would the rest of the crop. Okay, so from that point of view, you're trying to get that uh, first couple of fields that you're going to harvest to die off a little bit earlier. Maybe manage them in such a way that they're starting to snest a little bit earlier, so your 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 spotlight and your goals I work better on those crops. So that might mean you know reducing the level of nitrogen on those crops a little bit. It might mean chitting those seed or aging the uh, see making the physiological age of the seed that a little bit higher so that you can uh, so that they will die off that a little bit better so it's about preparing that first harvested crop uh, that you're going to have for for harvest that week or so earlier so that your rest of your crop can take that extra week for the spotlight and go say to work because they will work it's just that they take longer to get to where you want them to be
0: Okay, okay. So it's a, it's a bit like having a harvest strategy, really, that you can kind of phase it, phase exactly, it in. Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. And that's that's the way we're going to probably have to manage it from now on.
0: And, she I have one final one for you. I suppose many growers at the moment now with late season varieties, roosters, pinks, uh, or marquis, I suppose they might be very green at the moment. But, you know, farmers are looking at saying, okay, it'll be early October, October when I'll be harvesting. What should they do now with those crops?
1: Like I say earlier on, for a, lot of, for a lot of growers now, flailing probably isn't an option. Ground conditions are starting to deteriorate. And given the rain is forecast over the next couple of days, it probably isn't going to be an option for a lot of them. And in a lot of cases, tramlines are so bad in many fields that you know you wouldn't be able to desiccate tramlines anyway. So from that point of view, we're really looking at your chemical desiccants. Um, and again, it's about how do we maximize those chemical desiccants now? And like I said, time, time of the day, uh, maybe adding in an adjuvant or something like that to make Make sure that you that you stick fully to the crop, uh, keeping your water volumes up to make sure that you get full penetration into the crop. Uh, Nozzle type is, is actually very important as well. So, you know, like guys that are using flat fan nozzles don't get the same penetration into a big canopy that you would, would say with angled nozzles or low drift nozzles. And you alternate them back and front so that, you know, you're getting full coverage across the width of the boom. So it's using those chemical desiccants, like we said earlier on, and the, the way we do it uh, and getting the maximum that we can out of it. That's about as good as we can do for crops at the moment.
0: Okay, listen, Shay. Thanks very much. There's brilliant information there. And as you've said, there life has got very complicated in terms of desiccation since the loss of Daiquat, And There's a lot more planning involved. So again, Shay, thanks very much. No thanks problem, for Thank you. That's it for the tillage edge this week. And my thanks to Shay for joining me on the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss a show. For more farming information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Kieran Collins. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.